0: We are pleased
1: to be joined by Mendocino County Health Officer, Dr. Andy Corn, who will give us a brief update on the COVID-19 status of our county. After that, we open up to take a few questions from the media concerning the COVID-19 incident. If time allows, we will also take questions from the public. If you are member of the public, please leave your questions on this video below or in the comment section to the side on YouTube, and we'll address them. Now, beginning with our health update, Dr. Koren, you have our attention.
0: Thank you, everybody, and, and welcome. Uh, we'll start with the, um, with the data. The surge is continuing. Um, you can see on the slide at this point that we have uh, seen significantly more uh, cases over the last month, um, uh, and it went up from uh, two weeks ago uh, but has come down again now down into the 30s again to 34, 38.4 cases per 100,000 per day. Uh, As I said, there was an increase in the last two weeks to the low 50s, but that was, I believe, due to the Labor Day uh, surge, and it seems like we may be decreasing again, Uh, and this seems to be consistent with the state's uh, trend. So um, let's take a look at this. On this slide, you can see at the very top, the purple line is the Rural um, Association of Northern California Health Officers and this is a group of counties, and we have been leading the state, unfortunately, uh, in the numbers of um, cases. However, it does seem to be coming down. Uh, Mendocino, as you can see in the next line, is orange, and that does clearly seem to be coming down. Um, and then below that uh, are San Joaquin Valley, which is still quite high, uh, but greater Sacramento and um, and uh, Southern California, as well as the Bay Area, uh, states or Bay Area counties uh, are uh, below that. As we look to the next slide, uh, um, we can see that uh, since last spring, uh, we have had the highest surge of cases, confirmed cases here on the left graph. Uh, and uh, in blue is, is more the epidemiological uh, numbers. And the averages are in the black line, uh, which is considerably higher than the state. Um, in terms of con- in terms of uh, deaths, uh, the slide shows only 68 deaths. Uh, and that is still exceeded exceeding the winter surge. However, uh, in reality, I'm sorry to report that uh, as of now, there have been 80 residents in our county who've passed away from COVID. That is 12 more in the last 14 days. Um, we have had uh, a decrease in the number of uh, people that we've had in our isolation quarantine, but we continue to provide food and shelter for 11 people in those situations who need it. And that has come down since a few weeks ago. Hospitalizations and deaths follow the rise in cases. And as of September 23rd, yesterday, we had 19 people in our hospital that included two from other counties, hospitals, which were full. Uh, but also we have four uh, Mendocino County residents who are out of the county because they require more care than we have available here. As far as our intensive care unit availability, it is still scarce and this morning it was 18%. Uh, I want to just call out the heroic staff throughout the hospitals. They're exhausted from the work that they've been having to do. Uh, County Behavioral Health Department has uh, helped them with providing extra beds and transportation for patients in the emergency room who needed mental health placement or transportation. Uh, Nearly 89% of people who we have seen hospitalized have been unvaccinated. So it's important to understand uh, that this uh, pandemic is continuing to go on, though it affects some people who are vaccinated. Uh, The vast majority are because we have such a high number of people who are unvaccinated, who are unvaccinated. we did see some who passed away uh, who were vaccinated, uh, but their uh, uh, total age range was significantly elevated, and their comorbidities compared to those who were not vaccinated. Um, so, COVID treatments with monoclonal antibodies has increased in Mendocino County, and they are being scheduled at Adventist Health Mendocino or uh, uh, Mendocino Coast and Adventist Health Ukiah Valley, and also in Round Valley Indian Health, uh, with more clinics exploring the use of these for outpatients with mild to moderate symptoms and a high risk for progression. Monoclonal antibody is now a scarce resource in California, but we have adequate amounts in Mendocino County. Uh, The next slide shows how we're doing as far as vaccinations go. As of the 23rd yesterday, the state recorded 105,921 doses have been given in Mendocino County and uh, of those who are eligible 68.8% of our citizens are fully vaccinated. 78.8% of the eligible population have had at least one dose from an equity perspective. We continue to exceed the state among the lowest resource communities and in the Hispanic population. 91% 91% of our people in quartile one, the lowest resource, uh, community, um, have been at least partially vaccinated and that's compared to 76% in the state in quartile two, we had exceeded the state, but, uh, we have fallen down a little bit, uh, still 75%, uh, are at least partially vaccinated in that group. What's important there is that this is the largest population um uh from a from an equity perspective in Mendocino County Uh, among the Hispanic residents 66 percent uh are at least partially vaccinated compared to 73 percent of the non-Hispanic whites um this disparity uh continues but it has been closing as we move forward uh and also using the federal data we're able to see a little bit better what the Indian community has been uh, uh able to um, uh, use and they have only had 57% who are at least partially vaccinated and the next uh, slide uh, shows age groups and those in Mendocino County over 50 years old have caught up to the state, but from 12 to 49 year old, uh, we are running behind the state. The dark line uh, shows where the state is for fully vaccinated. And the blue shows fully vaccinated and the uh, light blue shows uh, the partially vaccinated so when you add the dark blue and the light blue together uh, you can see what I'm talking about in terms of at least partially vaccinated Um, it's understandable that the youngest are a little bit behind not behind the state they should be up with the state but they're lower in terms of total numbers Uh, but it's very unfortunate that the 18 to 49 year old group um, has fallen uh, so far behind because it is in this group that the rates of severe infections have been increasing. We will be reaching out to many in our community for whom we have records that do not confirm their second shots within the last two months. Uh, We think that many of them may actually have had full vaccinations. Uh, They really need two doses for protection from Delta, but these calls will be a reminder or an opportunity uh, to offer them uh, their final doses of vaccine. Overall, the vaccine demand has decreased again. Third doses for for the immune compromised people are ongoing now through medical providers, the clinics and pharmacies, as well as through the health department. Um, I wanna talk next about the boosters, but before I get into the issues of the boosters, I wanna review state data on the continuing efficacy of our current vaccines. So if we look at this graph that is uh, based on state data, This shows the rates of cases by vaccination status. So this is cases and you can see the dark green line are those people who have been not, who are not completely vaccinated. And and the dotted green line are the people who are um, completely vaccinated. So there's a huge disparity in terms of the numbers of people who are um, uh, not vaccinated and uh, and unfortunately catching COVID. The next slide shows the same, uh data as far as hospitalizations again you can see the people who are unvaccinated are about uh, eight to nine times greater than the numbers who have been vaccinated in the in the dotted blue in the dashed blue line now the gray area to the right of all these graphs is where the um the um data is not as certain because of reporting delays so that's just what that uh, gray line means and the next slide will show the rates of people in the intensive care unit again by vaccine status. You can see the much more severe illnesses of people who have not been vaccinated in the solid, I would call that a red line and in the dashed red line below, you can see those people who have been in the ICU, um, who have been, uh, at least who have been vaccinated. And again, there is, uh, in the range of a, uh, 10 times a greater number of people who have been, who have not been vaccinated, who wind up in the intensive care unit. And the final slide shows uh, mortality. And again, the solid red line shows the mortality of people who have not been vaccinated and those who have been vaccinated. Uh, And the, and the, the, uh, those missing their vaccines are uh, actually over eight to 10 times uh, greater. So the vaccines are very effective uh, against Uh, disease, but also in particular against severe disease, hospitalizations, intensive care unit uh, admissions and deaths. We have been seeing an increase in cases among vaccinated people because vaccinated people numbers are growing. Uh, Unfortunately, this has led to outsized fears about the efficacy of the vaccines. But again, I wanna say, and the CDC and the CDPH, all the people who collect this data are continuing to say that the current vaccines continue to be very effective with few exceptions. Uh, Fear, unfortunately, that they are failing has stoked the hunger for boosters. And fear has fed those also who are not getting vaccines, but the latter is by far the greatest danger. People must get those vaccines to protect themselves against severe disease, The vaccines are safe and effective and they're the way back to a normal life. The approval for boosters vaccine has been a bit of a roller coaster in the last few days and we will need to await the final CDPH approval uh, in order to uh, be sure how to legally administer these booster shots. At this point, the eligibility that has been approved by CDC director Walensky includes, and I'm going to just go through these, One by one, one, only those who've been given primary Pfizer series, not Moderna and not J&J yet, but they've been given the Pfizer series over six months ago, these people are eligible. Over 65 who live uh, in long-term care facilities, nursing homes, should receive the booster. People between 50 and 64 years old with underlying medical conditions should receive the booster vaccine. People between 18 and 49 with underlying med- medical conditions may receive the booster. And these are generally defined as people with cancer, vascular disease, either heart disease or stroke, diabetes, dementia, chronic lung disease, severe chronic kidney disease or dialysis, and transplant patients, as well as people who, are, who have immune, uh, immune-compromised diseases or who are on immune suppressing medications. People between 18 and 49 who are at increased risk of exposure and transmission may receive uh, the boosters. These include hospital workers, skilled nursing facility and long-term care uh, facility workers, essential workers, schools, teachers, and staff. Uh, The California Department of Public Health uh will follow the decision uh will will announce their decision after the western state safety committee um uh, announces their decisions and recommendations and these two are still pending uh so although i've outlined it very well we we need to wait uh, for the final approval in mendocino county our department of public health as well as uh, providers or clinics along with the pharmacies will ramp up to meet this demand on top of those who still need first doses which again, this group remains our top priority because they're unprotected and they are susceptible themselves to the disease and they will pass it along to others uh, much more easily. Uh, this mobilization will entail a large, uh, mobilization of our community volunteers, uh, since the hospital workers who have helped so much in the last winter and spring uh, are now very overworked with patients continuing to be in our hospitals. Uh, We will be having regular COVID vaccine clinics at our public health centers in Willits, Fort Bragg, and and that will be in addition to the regular Friday clinics at Ukiah Fairground. For more detailed information, please go to our website, and Kirk, could you put that up, Um, and uh, follow the link, or go directly to vaccines.gov. So if you could show how we walk through this. Certainly,
2: this is uh, Kirk Ford with the uh, DOC management. And I'll, we'll just give you a quick walkthrough of how to see where the vac- best place to get a vaccine is located. So I'm gonna pause this slideshow here and we're gonna go to uh, just Google. You can go to vaccine. vaccine.gov. Oops, no, you can't. We're going to go to so, uh, well let's go to the mendocino county one first so this is just mendocinocounty.org um and then i've clicked the COVID 19 information and then we're going to go to the vaccine information which is the blue blue bar you can check out the vaccine clinics you can also look at some of the other information we have available if you click on vaccine clinics you can see All of the clinics that uh, Public Health um, or OptumServe or or one of our our partners is sponsoring throughout the county. Um, We have it separated uh, by days and you can find whichever one you want. And then there's usually information to the side here of how to get involved in that. Either you can sign up at My Turn or you can do a walk up uh, of one of those two. Also, one of the things I I really liked was this vaccines.gov link that's located on our website and you can also do it um, oh, vaccines.gov it's it's plural that's why i missed it uh, when you click on this it takes you to a map and you can you can put a zip code in here and you can select which type of vaccine you would like to look for so since uh pfizer's got the booster we'll look for just pfizer uh anybody that's got an appointment available in a in our zip code and we'll we'll extend it to 50 miles and we'll search for vaccines. And then it gives us a a graph over here on the right or a chart map that shows all the, all the places that a vaccine is available. Um, just similar to a regular Google search result, it has d- different options. We can get it at the hospital, Safeway, Rite Aid, Costco, Rite Aid, CVS, more Rite Aids, Medicino Coast Clinics, more Safeways. Pretty much all the pharmacies are going to have the vaccine so it's a really great way to get there that's vaccines.gov if you just went to vaccines.gov it's going to look like this all you got to do is click on the blue button here find covid vaccine and you're back to this search bar uh that's just a kind of a quick overview of how you can find the closest vaccine to you and i'll turn it back over to you dr Korn.
0: thank you and then could you also put up the slide for the uh, nco here we go okay so This gives the phone number again for NCO for all the people who might be watching who would like to uh, volunteer. We need plenty of volunteers. Remember that the vaccine protection continues to be very high uh, against severe COVID infection, hospitalization and death. So the boosters are not a rush. There will be opportunities from, uh, as Kirk said, the health department clinics and, and pharmacies. Moving on vaccines for the five to 11 year old group uh, will hopefully be approved by mid to late October. And we're in the process of working with the schools and the clinics to provide these vaccines in schools. Finally, we're hearing that Pfizer vaccines for the six month to five year olds may be approved in December. And these will be available in providers offices, both family practitioners and pediatrics. Who are trusted by children and their parents as the best prepared to give vaccines to this age group? A uh, little update on the schools. To date, we have no outbreaks in Mendocino County. We have had people uh, suspect and complain uh, that there may be uh, contact, uh, but our contact investigation and tracing team have been able to show that these cases have been brought into the school with infection, usually from a family member, a party, or some travel or event that was attended by uh, by the the student. Um, We also have increased testing there, uh, and these programs have uncovered many uh, COVID cases that it could have turned into outbreaks had they not been caught. The school staff are doing a heroic job themselves, testing, reporting, and contacting families with instructions to keep the schools and the community safe. While providing continuous open classroom this is no easy feat and uh, hats off to the school staff we now do have several outbreaks in our county the county jail outbreak that i reported on last time actually did close out but in the next week uh, a new arrest uh, a new person who was arrested brought in a case and four others have since been identified in a small but significant outbreak We have two skilled nursing facilities that are involved with outbreaks and uh, many state agencies as well as uh, ourselves locally are assisting uh, in in efforts to to control them. Round Valley continues to have more positive cases and uh, several tribal members unfortunately have passed away. Wanna move on to new orders. At the last presentation, I planned orders for restaurants and bars requiring staff vaccination and verification of vaccination of patrons who wanted to eat inside. After the meeting I had with the business owners in Ukiah, I changed that order to strong recommendations which were released this week, but also this week I released an order requiring each business that serves food or alcoholic beverages to post and let's have those slides up. In the front of their businesses their level of compliance with those recommendations i believe this transparency will give customers the freedom to decide how best to protect themselves this week i hope to see more people feeling safe and going out to eat in places that are safe so these are the examples of our posters and they'll be in the front of these establishments and they are there in both english and spanish so in summary COVID-19 delta surge continues. Nearly all among unvaccinated people. Recent data showed a Labor Day related uh, increase in cases that may now be decreasing again. However, the aftermath of this past summer surge uh, filled our hospitals and ICUs and caused many and cost many lives here. I hope that this experience with Labor Day will be an alert to our communities to plan carefully for Halloween thanksgiving and christmas new year's which caused a terrible surge last winter we do not want to repeat so there are differences from last year we do have most of our community fully vaccinated which is good but there are still too many who have not taken the vaccine and this is devastating for them as well as their loved ones and other contacts so if you're not vaccinated please get vaccinated soon you are our priority if you are If you are vaccinated and have a moderate to severe immune deficiency, you could be eligible for a third shot. So contact your provider. When the uh, CDPH decides on boosters, you will probably be eligible if you have had a Pfizer vaccine more than six months ago. If you're over 65 year old or over 50 years old with either underlying conditions or occupational exposures. So please get vaccinated. They are safe and they are effective. They will let us travel, enjoy ourselves, and get back to normal. In the meantime, remember the non-pharmacologic interventions. Most importantly, if you have symptoms, stay home. Get tested. Don't pass it around to your coworkers or the rest of the community. Follow the isolation and quarantine recommendations for you, uh, from the uh, which will be given to you by uh, the contact investigation contact tracing team this will protect you and your family and community and there may be services you're eligible for wear masks indoors in public places and outdoors in crowds except while actively eating or drinking if you go out to eat keep your mask on except when you're actively eating or drinking and increase ventilation indoors and spend more time outdoors keep your distances from non-household members whenever possible both inside and outside Uh, and, uh, remember high, hand hygiene with soap and water or hand sanitizer and for gatherings, especially coming up this fall, remember that they are higher risk. Uh, we want you to use uh, good sense. It's an individual choice. Uh, try to be safer, uh, and it will be much safer if everybody who participates is vaccinated, avoid large gatherings and plan now for a healthier, safer fall and winter celebrations. And for that stay well and stay safe and I'll be here for any questions.
1: Thank you, Dr. Korn. Uh First question is gonna come from Kate Maxwell with Mendocino Voice.
3: Hi, thanks. Um, so I was wondering if Dr. Corin could talk a little bit more about the timing for the signage order. Um, and you know, I, that's supposed to go into effect on November one. Uh, if there, if that's sort of based around giving businesses time, um, or if there's any consideration of that being expanded to other industries at all, it seems like there's still about five weeks till that would go into place. So I'm just wondering, um, at what point you know, that seems like quite a a while before people will have that information as they're making choices over the next month.
0: Well, we wanted to give the businesses and their employees a chance to get vaccinated, and we want the community to get vaccinated. Uh, We did want to make it mandatory that the posting goes up uh, before Thanksgiving and the winter holidays. So that's the time at this point. Uh, There was evidence uh, and data behind doing this for the uh, the, in the, uh, restaurant and, um, and bar industry, uh, that evidence does not extend to other industries. And I'd rather not, uh, uh, be generalizing what's needed to keep our community safe because there are downside consequences to that. So at this point, that's the group that we've aimed it at. And the reason why we delayed.
3: Okay, thanks. Should I ask a second question now, or did you want to rotate?
1: Sure, you can ask your follow-up.
3: So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about um, foreseeing testing availability and moving forward. I know that that involves a lot of different partners, um, you know, on the county level and the clinics and the different testing facilities, but, um, you know, as as you've been giving updates in these other presentations and there's been discussion of a potential testing shortage. Um, if you could just talk a little bit about what people could expect in the next month around testing and how they could best be following these guidelines, if there's kind of some testing shortages happening.
0: The only shortage that's really happening is the use of Binax Now, uh, that's become a real scarce resource and Abbott is, uh, is putting them online and we're starting to see a trickle in to the state of more of these because they're scarce, we are uh, targeting the schools for uh, continuing use of them. Uh, in the meantime, another test, a rapid test, that's coming online to, uh, to support and, and replace them if needed is called Care Start. Uh, it's a little bit different uh, chemistry but uh the results are ready again in under 15 minutes uh it has a little bit different reporting program so uh, uh as soon as that is available and, and it is if people go to the testing task force website they can begin to order that and, and get online for those that's for the rapid tests uh and that might be used for for businesses or other other groups uh emts fire law may require that as far as the testing in the county uh that we do with um uh with um pcr tests there isn't a shortage of them in fact what has happened uh is that we have a lot of that available now and in the county what we try we we are uh exceeding uh the state's expectations in terms of offering and not only offering but but uh, obtaining uh testing in our county which is very good it helps us um you know, control outbreaks before they happen. Um, So what happened this week was was a lot of mixing up on the part of the state contractor. In fact, Uh, we continue to, of course, offer testing at the fairgrounds seven days a week. And we have had a travel team for many months. And with some discussions with the state LHI, uh, an added minibus uh, was contracted for. uh, But there was a lot of a lot of mix-ups i think they missed on monday and uh they weren't in fort bragg on another day uh this has been a very troublesome week but um our our county has been on the phone with uh with the state and lhi the contractor and i believe that this coming week it's going to be much more successful and there'll be adequate testing opportunities for pcr in all of the towns and the cities in mendocino county
1: All right, next up, we're gonna have Danila Sands with Mendocino Action News.
4: Good afternoon, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you for the meeting. Uh, one of our members has asked the question regarding mental health. I know that you went over this before and we talked a lot about this in the beginning. The first year of the pandemic, we saw a rise in suicides according to the sheriff. How has this been going Since then, since all the changes that are related to the pandemic, loss of work, loss of social interaction and so on, are we still seeing a rise and are there a lot of resources for them for mental health?
0: I do not have updated data to answer that, but I know that there has continued to be um, an increase in mental health problems, uh, including uh, uh, drug use and uh, suicides. Uh, so that is something that's, uh, I don't have new data to support that our, uh, department of behavioral health, um, is doing quite a bit, um, with, uh, their, their own, um, clientele, but also, uh, from, a from a public, uh, uh, information point of view. Uh, so that's as much information as I have on that now.
4: Um, Thank you. Is there a way that we can include that in an update in the future to have them? I will
0: certainly register that. Yes, that's a a very good question. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Um, You guys already answered that question. (laughs) Okay. There still is a lot of confusion regarding the booster versus the third shot. And I know you just went on about the booster has not been approved yet. And you went into great detail about that, so thank you. But can you explain the difference between the booster and the third shot?
0: I will try, it's not so easy. I'm glad you got the, the terminology down though. One is a third shot, the other is the booster. So the third shot uh, has been offered and it is the same, um, the same exact uh, vaccine as the first two shots would have been for the mRNA vaccines. Um, but in the last several months, it became apparent that certain groups of people have immune pro- deficiencies and didn't get the same response to the initial series of two vaccines that we wanted or expected them to get. So for that group of people, we consider their, their vaccine initial series to be three shots. And so that's why we call this a third shot but it's for those people who have immune compromise and didn't have the same response, the best defense with the uh, with the two vaccines. So that's the third shot. Does, is that clear? Before I go on, is that clear?
4: For me it is, yes, thank you. <laughs> okay,
0: so we're trying to get people up to a baseline of uh, immune response and that re- immune response is a lot of different things. It's not just the immune globulins that you can test in the blood, but there are other things that are much more difficult to test. But they have been able to see that some people just don't mount the same response, even though we give them the vaccines. The next term is boosters. So for people who have had the two shots in the initial series and they've had a normal response, there is a concern, and this is you know from other vaccines, that the efficacy of that response may be decreasing. So they may have had a great response, but now there's evidence of more, uh, more infection in that group. With the COVID vaccines, we're really not seeing that with the most severe, uh, either symptoms or hospitalization, ICU, or death. We're just not seeing that, but we are seeing an increase in people getting mild to moderate diseases. And some people more than that, you know, more, it may be, maybe extend into the hospitalization group. And so for that group of, or for in general, uh, for the ones who are the most vulnerable, we're saying, okay, maybe it's time to get a booster shot before we see a breakdown in the FXZ and the more serious infections. And so those people are for those shots are for people who we, we believe had a normal, Appropriate and effective immune response to the initial two dose series, but a third dose uh, will be useful for them because they have other vulnerabilities, uh, including age, but also the others that I mentioned, or because they have other significant exposures or may transmit uh, this new, more contagious Delta variant. So we're offering booster shots for that group. Does that clarify it?
4: It did. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, great. And uh, I I can just jump in a little bit on the behavioral health and recovery services. Um, On our website, uh, we also have some BHRS services. So I'll just share what that looks like briefly. This is the Mendocino County's website. Um, I just clicked on, uh, it's a little bit of a a hassle, Uh, government, health and human services, and then behavioral health services. And that brings it here but uh, you, we've got uh, the crisis line and then uh, the warm line that are both uh, accessible on our website and i'll leave those up for a moment if anybody wants to copy down that information all right thank you
1: thank you kirk next up is going to be sarah wright with k hi thank you
3: can you hear me yes yes Hi. So you mentioned at the beginning that we're not really doing great in relation to um, the rest of the state and I'm wondering if there are policy fixes that um, could be undertaken to address that if there's anybody in any other part of the state who's doing something that looks like it's working and um, and if we think that we could implement that to bring our numbers down.
0: You know, one of the theories that we uh, have had more illness in Northern California than the rest of California is because we didn't suffer as much during the winter surge. And so the the immunity that comes from the illness may be at a lower level in Northern California. Other than that, as a policy uh, issue or even uh, a better understanding, uh, I have not seen anything uh, emerge in that way The way to address it at this point is increasing vaccinations, and we're trying as as hard as we can. Um, And, of course, identifying those people who there's a disparity in getting the vaccines out to. Uh, But those are the explanations that I've heard of as the reason why we are uh, either behind the state or ahead of the state in terms of case numbers, whichever way you want to look at it. I'm wondering if –
3: if there's any consideration to toughen up on vaccine mandates, I know that you just talked about them, uh, lessening the idea of vaccine mandates to a strong recommendation for restaurants. But I'm, I'm wondering if there's any kind of, um, tougher, tougher thinking in the pipeline.
0: So of course we could make a whole lot of recommendations mandates. Uh, the problems, Uh, are that it's, it's not just, I'll use an analogy from my 45 year practice in, in, uh, as a family practitioner, you know, you can make the best diagnosis and prescribe exactly the right medicine. And if people don't understand and, or don't follow your instructions, it doesn't cure the disease. And so in this situation with COVID, it's exactly the same thing but the problem has also been politicizing the interventions that are really excellent that we already have so as soon as we talk about masking there's a certain group of people who don't want to mask and as soon as we talk about um uh vaccines if we make it mandatory there's you know protests that go on all over the place and um and they bring along a lot of people who may not have the information but they are also able to get frightened And it's that fear of doing the appropriate interventions that I think is worse. Um, And so what I'm trying to do is develop orders that bring along the whole community. And it's more than just medical indications. There is, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but there really is a bit of politics, understanding uh, the sociology of the community, and we have a very mixed community. So that's why I backed off of the mandate for vaccines to enter restaurants, or for uh, or for um, the uh, employees to be uh, vaccinated, but I wanted it to be strong recommendations. And then I I thought that it was very important that the that the populace know what is this uh, what is this establishment enforcing, and what is the safety of walking into that establishment. Like you would uh, decide between you know two boxes of cereal. Does this have more protein or more sugar, or does that? And that's you know that's a, a consumer uh, protection. Uh, kind of uh, mandate that I did. And so as time goes on, uh, the state or the feds may have more mandates. Uh, but I think if I were to step way ahead of the state or ahead of what our, our community uh, will will listen to, I think it'll create more of a backlash that'll be more harmful to the community and will not bring more people along to understand what's needed and what can help them. Does that help answer the question, Sarah?
3: Yes, thank you.
1: All right, next up, we're gonna take a couple questions from uh, social media. The first question is, will kids have to have two doses like adults or can they just have one?
0: Good question. So at this point, uh, the uh, doses for the youngest kids, uh, it looks like they will reduce the doses, but probably will continue to require two doses. And the reason for that is more biological. The initial dose, primes the body to recognize the the antigen or the offending agent, Uh, but the booster dose, or it's not the booster dose, the second dose in the series um, is able to um, accelerate that response and get a much bigger response of antibodies. So in some vaccines, we only have needed to use one uh, one dose, but so far the way the technology is going and where we are in history, um, in the history of this disease, Uh, they are requiring two doses to get the immune response uh, to be adequate.
1: Thank you, Dr. Korn. And the next one is going to be also, what resources are available for those with extreme anxiety about the vaccine or phobia of needles?
0: That's a good question. My recommendation is uh, to seek out your own uh, primary care provider to get the vaccine. Uh, I know in my office, when we had people who had extreme anxiety, we would have, you know, family members right in there in the office with them. Uh, it would be either the uh, the nurse or MA that, they, that this particular patient uh, uh, um, trusted or myself. We took a lot of time. We had people lying down so they could take the time to relax. Uh, those would be some of the things that I would recommend.
1: Thank you, Dr. Korn. All right, Kate, I'm gonna, Kate Maxwell, I'm gonna give it back to you with Mendocino Voice. Do you have any follow-up questions?
3: Um, I guess I was wondering if Dr. Corin could uh, give us a look at what he thinks might be the, rate of new cases moving forward, you know, as we have these booster shots moving out, rolling out, um, what what you anticipate the fall looking like here?
0: You know, there have been very many surprises all along. So I'm not so sure that my prediction is gonna uh, be followed uh, very much. And and I wouldn't put uh, too much trust in it yet. I think that we will have surges after Halloween, like we did last year after Thanksgiving and at the time of Christmas and New Year's, I hope that it will not flood our hospitals and intensive care units and emergency rooms like it did this past summer. Uh, and that may, that may come true, uh, that will, will be spared that, that, uh, terror, um, if people more and more people get vaccinated. And uh, but I but I do think when these holidays come around, it's a time for uh, gatherings, both formal and informal. People want to hang out together. Um, and uh, and a lot of times there's a little bit more alcohol passed around and people are a little looser. Uh, we make excuses for, quote unquote, bad behavior uh, because it's time to party and have a good time. But those, you know, put us at risk and our loved ones at risk for the you know, for the several weeks afterwards so i think that if we can get our numbers way down now we'll stand the best chance of um of weathering um the the uh, surges that will come from those holidays and as i said during the presentation i think now is a really good time to begin planning for halloween in a way that can be done very safely and we'll be pr- uh, we'll be passing out um recommendations in the in that regard uh, for the public to read. And uh, I know our cities and other uh, agencies, the schools will also do that, especially for Halloween. We want to have people pay attention and make plans for Thanksgiving uh, that are probably smaller gatherings uh, and, uh, and with all of the recommendations for the safest practices. And then again, in Christmas and New Year's. I should add that if we're, if we do well with our vaccines, uh, the, the projections by the the modelers, uh, at CDPH is that we could get over this group that is now authorized or close to be authorized. For example, the, the children from five to 11 and the people with boosters, um, we could get over that somewhere around in February and that would very much protect our community. Uh, going forward, the, the, uh, six months to five years old, uh, may start in uh, December and then, uh, or maybe approved in December and then January, we would start that, um, the point is that the more people there are who are vaccinated and protected and the less there is, uh, transmission, uh, and disease, the less likelihood there is for another mutation or variant that could be Delta was terribly, uh, um, contagious, uh, uh, the next vac, uh, the next variant could be more contagious, or it could also break through the vaccines and put us back to square one. And so those are all possibilities that we don't, uh, you know, we don't want to bank on, but they're there and we have to be careful. Now the best way to avoid a variant is getting more people vaccinated. So there's less transmission, less multiplication of these organisms and less likelihood for a bad mutation to emerge.
1: you a follow-up?
3: Uh, not for that question, thanks.
1: Okay. Uh, Danilla Sands with Mendocino Action News.
4: Hello again. Um, Dr. Korn, you started to talk about schools, and then you went into outbreaks and so on. Do we have an update since school reopened of how many cases we've had?
0: Reported or detected within the school uh i believe the number is in the range of 25 for the county since the start of the schools and these have been nipped in the bud you know when they walk in the door they're they're uh tested they're found uh and uh and they are either sent home or now of course we have this um this uh modified quarantine where whole classrooms do not have to go home if it was a mask on mask exposure uh within school and we are keeping the children in school but after the school they quarantine
4: it seems like 25 might be a little low but if i mean 25 percent like the first two weeks i know Um, is that you mean current 25 cases or altogether let me see And then is it true that if someone's testing at home or at OptumServe that they don't necessarily have to report that?
0: OptumServe does report it. We get those reports. Okay. Thank you. Um, Let me just check to see. So what I have down is 25 exposure events in total in my summary. Kirk, uh, does that sound right to you? Yeah
4: okay
0: thank you well thanks for your comment because yes it does seem like a lot more and a lot of times we report on things or we're worried about things uh the reality comes as a surprise and uh, we're really very happy that the measures we've taken this year have protected the children and in turn the rest of the community
1: thank you uh danilo did you have a follow-up i think that was two questions, but I just wanted I to make think
4: sure. It, I think it was.
1: Okay, cool. All right. And then Sarah Wright with KZXZ. Is she still on the call? We might have lost her. All right. Um, either Kate or Danilo, did you have any follow up questions before we wrap things up?
3: I I do, but I was waiting for voice to start. Go ahead, I'm having a, I'll go after you, (laughs) Dianella. Hold on, I'm having a. Um,
4: Is there any new variants to be of concern?
0: That's my last question. That's another good question. So there are variants that they're tracking and finding. Thankfully, none of the serious ones are in California and uh, very few are in the United States at this point. But yeah, they're emerging all the time and that's why we do whole genome testing around the world and especially in the United States and then even more, especially in California. But uh, we're not seeing any that are taking hold. At this point, over 99% of the variants that are, that are uh, found in California are the Delta variant, which in my opinion is bad enough.
3: I guess my last question uh, is about If you could give an overview for the industries that are required to do the vaccination and testing, I know there was a pretty lengthy discussion at the last Board of Supervisors meeting about um, how those efforts are going in terms of the percentage of employees and county departments specifically. Um, but I don't. I know that is not necessarily all your purview, Dr. Quorum, but I don't know if you have an, just a sense of an overview of those different partners and how um, that mandated vaccination process has been
0: rolling out so far. But primarily, the mandates uh, for vaccines and or testing <clears throat> involve the healthcare industry hospitals skilled nursing facilities long-term care uh, clinics uh, and, and and anywhere that uh, health care is being practiced the other group is uh, within the schools and uh, the other group is within uh, prisons because they're congregate uh, care facilities and homeless and here in Mendocino county uh, and also in uh, Sonoma county as well as some other counties have followed uh, we have been requiring verification of vaccine, or if exempt, uh, to be testing on a regular basis. The uh, the recommendation I made uh, uh, last month was for other uh, uh, industries to follow suit and require within their HR uh, within their HR rules um, that they should be uh, vaccinated or regularly tested when I think that the at the federal level, uh, those people who are who those companies that are over a hundred employees are now required to either show verification of vaccine or testing.
3: Okay, thanks. I'm not. I I guess I um, that I don't have a follow up for that right now. All
1: right. Thank you. Um, That sums up today's COVID-19 update. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to give Dr. Korn an opportunity to give any concluding comments. He might like to.
0: Well, let me just repeat that uh, we are coming off a surge now, I believe, but we're going into another season where we could have easily another surge like we did last winter with all the holidays coming up. Uh, And uh, I really like and I think all of us would like to not have that the way to avoid that is with uh really making use of the vaccines um it is that those people who are unvaccinated uh, are getting the illness more suffering from the illness more but they are also harboring and transmitting the virus that we all suffer from uh most of all and so really what I want to say is now is the time to get vaccinated that is the way to protect ourselves, our community, and get a little back to normal, so we can enjoy the holiday seasons. Uh, if not this year, then you know maybe in the in the winter after that, when we see the the numbers really start falling, and that's what we're all hoping for. So I hope that you can uh, either get vaccinated, or if you know someone who's not, convince them to get vaccinated, and uh, otherwise uh, you know, use the non pharmacologic interventions. Uh, plan your holiday events very carefully, so. They're not uh, transmitting uh, events. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, we'll see you next in two weeks. Stay well.
1: Thank you, Dr. Corn. Our next update will be scheduled for October 8th. Please continue to follow Mendocino County Public Health on Facebook for all your COVID-19 updates. Thank you for joining us and I hope everyone has a safe and fun weekend. Thank you.
0: Thank you.